one of the hardest things in coaching is to ask the question that you know you need to ask that is extremely difficult for them to hear. This episode is brought to you by The Travel Counselors, the only franchise travel company in the UAE. If you're inspired to start a business like many of the guests we have on the podcast, love to travel, and the thought of planning dream bucket list holidays lights you up, then this could be the opportunity for you. This flexible business allows you to work from home, bonus, whilst travel counsellors provide the training, back office support, licensing and access to industry leading booking platform. If you're passionate about travel and have an entrepreneurial spirit and interested in joining a company that put care at the heart of everything that they do, then click the links in the show notes below. Now let's get into the episode. In today's episode, I talked to Harry Pereiro. Now, he is a mindset and performance coach, podcast host, a fitness enthusiast, and an avid bookworm. And we do talk about his favorite book in the episode. His mission is to help leaders unlock their full potential and reach peak mental performance in life and business because he believes that we're all capable of so much more. I love this episode because we talk a lot about building your business, building your personal brand and the power of vulnerability, which is something that Harry goes into a lot. So without further ado, let's go and hear it. Hi, Harry. Welcome to the Kelly Loomer podcast. How are you doing? All good. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Now, we've met through mutual friends. You're coming on a panel very shortly to talk about personal branding. And I thought this was the ideal opportunity to come on and tell a little bit about your story and the personal branding piece that I think has been really key in your business and the growth. So why don't you give everyone a little backstory as to what you do and who you help? I mean, it's interesting, like personal branding for me, like a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have known what it is. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's something that's just come into my world as of recent, like building my business, yeah. being a, let's call it a solopreneur and really focusing on who I'm trying to, I guess not who I'm trying to be, mm-hmm. but what, what I'm trying to put out there and bringing that back down to myself. So a little intro into myself, like I'm a mindset and performance coach for business leaders, CEOs and entrepreneurs. And I help them with mind, body, business. So lots of different areas of health, wellness, performance, mm. uh, and life in general. So it's a myriad of obstacles, yeah. a myriad of problems and goals. Yeah. So. so what got you into that? What was your, your backstory? I was a PT. Yeah. So I was doing very much like health coaching. Yep. And as I started working with these people, I was just, I just got fascinated with their behavior and actually just like a little bit more about the person and I just found them super fascinating and I always felt like I wanted to do something a little bit different Mm -hmm. and I think when you talk about personal branding that is a lot about who I am right I I wanted to be different didn't quite know how growing up and I I feel like everyone thinks they're different right everyone thinks that oh yeah I'm I'm unique I'm not like everyone else (laughs) but it was that kind of case right I knew I was I guess a little bit different to other PTs or other people in general and I was trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, what, what is my message? Mm-hmm. How do I portray that? Yeah. And what am I actually going to help these people do? Yeah. And when you take those things into account and you bring them back to yourself, then it becomes clear how you can, I guess, show yourself to the world and, and express yourself. 
It's funny that you say that in the space of you're in PT, but then you realized, you know, more and more that there was more that you could help people with. And I think about, you know, my career before was I was a celebrity stylist and, Mm. you know, style is one part of how you present your kind of personal brand. But when I was working with clients, I realized that there was so much more I could help them with and could see the gaps and could sort Mm. of join the dots. But when you're in something specific, you're like, okay, I can see it, but how else can... I help people, which I guess is where it took you. Yeah. So what were some of the steps that you did to get started in the beginning? Did you start here or was it back in London? I started here. I started yeah. out here. So I started yeah. out here, yeah. And I took it back home, back to back to the UK like yeah. during COVID, that sort of time. And um, I think that one of the biggest shifts for me was taking it from, for example, when I was a PT, taking it from in-person mm-hmm. to online. Because mm. that shift, I think for a lot of people is... I mean, that's obviously just for health coaching if you're a PT or if you're a fitness coach. Yeah. That shift for a lot of people is so difficult because it's, it's totally different. Yeah. What was the steps that you put into place? Like, did you just go, right, okay, do you know what? Not serving you anymore online. I'm going in person, I'm going online or? I just what? started showing up online. I just started showing up and, and putting things out. And mm-hmm. that for me was super scary, right? I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that putting your, your face to camera or putting stuff out you're like is is, are they going to like this are they going to resonate with this is this right is this factually correct yeah and when you're dealing with health you have to be very careful of that stuff and everyone's got an opinion everyone's got an opinion (laughs) and then when you and then obviously what i do now it's like it's like psychology it's behavior change it's uh, human behavior it's a hell of a lot deeper and more confusing than anyone even realizes and in fact i was saying this to the to someone recently the research like on all of the stuff that I put out there or that I talk about and the stuff I do with my clients, it's just, it's all, it's all just a gray area. And I think it all comes down to belief and perspective because mm. you can find research to back something up and then you can find another piece to contradict it. Yeah. So it's really scary to actually, for example, think of a subject, record a video or put a post out, for example, on LinkedIn yeah. and talk about specific subjects. Yeah. So I think what I started to realize was actually this stuff it's too, there's people doing that, right? There's researchers, there's scientists. Why don't I just talk about myself? Why don't I just talk about my experience with whatever I want to help my clients with? Mm-hmm. And you can't be wrong. So you kind of realize that, and, and that's where personal branding comes in. It's yeah. like, if you just talk about yourself, your experiences, what you learn and how you overcome that thing, yeah. that's the thing that's going to help the client more rather than the, the researched subject or specific area of the thing that you want to put out. So what did you start then sharing? What was the, the, the obstacles or the journey that you went on to mm-hmm. get to that point to go, now I, I feel I can help people? Yeah, so my, my journey was kind of, I guess it kind of started like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started my business in Jan 2020. Mm-hmm. So Great four, timing. Yeah, <laughs> I know, the worst timing, right? So I started it then and I started it as... Sorry, yeah, the start, the start, of, the, start of the year. So it was, yeah. it was literally like the 1st of Jan, I was like, right, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I'm pursuing. So transitioning from PT into, into mindset. Into mindset behavior change, right? Yeah. But it was still very health focused. Yeah. So, and, and the people that I was working with, to be honest, were the same, the same people that I needed to be working with. Yeah. It was just, how can I show this person that I'm working with in a health aspect that I can offer more? Mm. So it was, it was quite an, I wouldn't say easy trans, a transition, but it was a good transition. Natural. It was natural yeah. because all I had to do was ask better questions with my clients. Yeah. And then in 
at the end of Jan, I got a phone call from my parents to say, well, my dad. And I was living in London at the time and um, to say that my mum was in palliative care. Oh. So, so that was literally one month into starting and running my business mm. online where I was like talking about all this deeper stuff, this behavior, the mindset, victim mentalities, all of these things like trying to help other people with their mental problems mm. and, and physical problems to then get hit with this big bit of news to say that my mum was in palliative care and a week later she passed away. Obviously I went home that, that day, yeah. but she, she passed away a week later. And what was interesting is obviously, you know, when you start a business, you, you get told to, to write down your core values and write down all of this stuff. It, it's just stuff, in my opinion. All of this stuff is going to elevate your brand and, and build your brand and build your business. So then going through that transition totally changed everything. Mm. So I felt like I'd started this thing. I'd thought about it for so long and I'd work, I was working with mentors before I started it. Mm -hmm. So before in 2019. And then everything just totally changed. So how then did that affect your business? The way that you showed up? Did you take time off? Like what, what was the changes that happened because of that? So you say, did I take time off? I was, I was literally doing calls either side of when my mum was dying, right? Oh. When, she, when she passed away. And I don't know if that's the right or wrong thing to do. And I don't believe there is a right or wrong thing mm. to do when you're in this sort of situation. I mean, I was writing business plans when I was in the, the hospice room mm -hmm. next to her, right? Because I've always used, well, I've always been in the sort of mindset that I want to make my parents proud. And I was really, really close to my mum. Mm. Um, so when this whole thing was happening, I was like, right, what can I do to honour her? What can I do to make this something that is going to benefit my life? her life everyone's everyone's she life. can see and she that can see that, doing yeah. that yeah it was, it was in her name like i did a charity event i did raise money for charity sold hats did fitness events yeah tried to start a new business whilst running my own coaching business yeah all of this stuff right and so my life changed dramatically but ironically at the time because i just started my business mm -hmm. in coaching i was in the best place yeah. i was super happy and i signed a few clients in jan and i was like so excited to to see where I was going to go. And then that happened. So I was in this weirdly, ironically motivated, ambitious, optimistic, optimistic yeah. state of mind whilst going through this transition in my life. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't realize how it affects you during the period. Mm. Like when you're going through something like this, because I'm sure there's a lot of people building businesses now going through difficult times in, let's say, in their personal life. Yeah. Let alone in their business life. Right. Yeah. So you don't know how it's affecting you and you don't know how it's going to affect you. Yeah. But what I realized when I look back at that, there was no right or wrong way, way to grieve. Mm. I do think I paid, I paid for it later on in the year where I kind of like hit a bit of a low point in, during that year because I'd just been fanatically working and, and trying to, to build something. So yeah, it's, um, it was an interesting period of my life for sure. And then these, so that's, then what you've taken into the business and your teachings and part of your story of your kind of personal brand is overcoming yeah. these challenges yourself whilst building the business and the things that helped you get through that. My client said to me, he said, Harry shares Harry. He's one of my longest clients and oldest clients. He won't mind me saying that. He's been a CEO for longer than I've been alive, right? So he said that Harry shares Harry and he was like, I've never experienced that before. It was like he's had mentors, 
He's had therapists, counsellors, coaches for years mm. in, in his executive role, in his personal life. And he's never had that relationship with someone where he feels super safe, yeah, super supported yeah, and well coached. Mm. Because what I went into, when I was going through that period, yeah, I was like, okay, I was in that mindset of like, how can I use this? And I don't know where that came from. And it's obviously quite a cliche now, right? You mm. turn your pain into power. But I wasn't thinking about all these cliches and all these quotes, right? At the time, I was just doing what yeah. I felt right at, yeah. the, was at the time. So when I was coaching people, I was basically sharing my experience from what I'd literally gone through in the last week mm. with some of my clients. And then later on in the year, in the last few months or this year, mm-hmm. and I still do today. And they see massive value with that because they're not in a position where they're being, it's less of like a coachy, let's call it like a, an interrogation. That's not how you coach, right? It's not. But typically the client, the coach, the coach is asking questions, the client is answering questions and they're trying to get to some sort of the root of some sort of problem. And mm-hmm. then they're trying to implement better behaviors or, or action. Yeah. But I took a bit of a different approach and I just basically was doing all of the usual coaching procedures and coaching protocols but I was also sharing what I'd been through and how I overcame certain things Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that when I share this stuff you should do the same thing Mm -hmm. you should and not even to say that you should learn from my failures because I don't believe that to be true but it's about the environment Mm -hmm. if I share my deepest darkest secrets or my lows feelings emotions as well moments that person on the other end of the call or in the, in, in the meeting is going to feel so comfortable and safe and we're going to be on the same level. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that a lot of therapists and coaches talk to people on a different level and they're just talking mm. French to a Chinese person, yeah. right? So it's, I think that's one of the most powerful and profound changes that I went through and implemented in my business as a result of going through adversity in that, in that capacity. And I think that big piece of vulnerability yeah, where you're coming from, that's how I see it, is the vulnerability aspect of what you're sharing. Then people feel very safe from that. And from what I see, you also bring that into your social media yeah. content and stuff. What have been some of your, would I say, I don't mean best performing, but the posts that have worked that have maybe generated clients or interest or opportunities? Have they been those ones or is there any that you can think off the top of your head? It is all the ones that, that go to that depth. Yeah. So when I share the vulnerability, the things that I went through and what I overcame, mm-hmm. it shows people, as everyone knows, as personal branders, if you like, that I'm a normal person and I'm going to go through my own struggles, but I'm also doing something positive. Mm. One of the biggest things is, and, and this is actually really difficult for me as a coach, but also I think let's referring to other people who are going through their own struggles who are also trying to help people in whatever capacity whether it's business mentoring or e-commerce or coaching you've got to show an element of vulnerability Mm -hmm. you've also if you're work especially if you're working in services and um, one-to-one coaching you need to lead that person Mm -hmm. and especially my clients i need to be able to lead them yeah but a lot of people find it they're like okay well you need to be an, an authoritative figure you need to be the, the strong the leader, the expert. But I think that you need to be first, you need to be the vulnerable person mm-hmm. and you, then you need to lead them. Mm. So a lot of my CEO clients, we talk about vulnerable leadership mm-hmm. because there's, there's a lot of people who are doing the research and a lot of people who are doing this stuff in real time 
talking about the vulnerability and the empathy of leading your business in that type of way, in that capacity, and how much more powerful it is. Have you got any examples of that? Obviously not mentioning names and anything where someone's maybe shared something and the result that's happened because of that. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of my clients. I'm just trying to think of the specific examples, but in terms of adopting the vulnerable mindset, mm-hmm. some of them who I work with, a typical CEO has a bit of an ego, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say everyone does for for sure. That's not the case. But to generalize, a lot of them have that that ego. Yeah. So they see vulnerability as the weakness. Mm. And want to explain to them that it's actually just resonating with the person who is, let's say, beneath you, don't like to use that hierarchy, but your team, your employees, even your board of directors and your, your investors, mm-hmm. yeah, your shareholders, you are basically starting to t- talk the same language mm-hmm. and they're going to listen to you. You're going to influence them better if you can show them that you're not this you're not so disassociated from them. Yeah, you're not on the pedestal. You're not on the pedestal. And as hard as that is to <laughs> say to a guy who thinks he's yeah. the bee's knees, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, but just come down to their level. And how you do that is to be vulnerable, to show that you feel, mm-hmm. to show that you have emotions, to show that you're struggling. So there is an example. And without sharing names and businesses, yeah, course, et cetera, yeah, yeah. there was a, one of my clients, he has a recruitment business. And they were going through a really turbulent time and they had to chop a lot of their employees. Mm -hmm. So what he started, what he typically did before, of course, recruitment is quite, I guess it's quite volatile, right? So the churn rate of employees is relatively high. And I think the employees are quite a young age a lot of the time, especially in the UK. Mm -hmm. But before what he would have done is he would have masked the problem, especially to his employees, Mm -hmm. maybe his business partners or his his C-suite and the directors, you can share elements of what's happening, but to everyone else, it was, no, we're all good. We're, we're working hard, et cetera. You got to hit your targets, blah, blah, blah. But he went through one of the most turbulent periods of business where he had to get rid of almost half of the people in there. And he had to basically come clean. We worked through the stages of doing that in a way that was going to be effective. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, how can you show people that you're not succeed you're not profiting right now without them worrying and going elsewhere Mm -hmm. how can you show the vulnerability without the negative effects of people running a mile yeah yeah and how can you get them to buy into the bigger picture if you believe in it how can you get them to buy into that so we worked around that and we did strategy we worked with strategies in order to do that Mm -hmm. but he's in the best place he's ever been in now six months later from doing that from going through that whole process and all he did was basically let's say unconsciously, cut away the fluff because everyone who didn't buy into that vulnerability left or made redundant, mm-hmm. right? So I think when you're a vulnerable leader and authentic, authentic, and I think authentic is a great word as well, when you're authentic in your leadership and vulnerable, mm-hmm. you will get people who don't like it. Yeah. For sure. You'll probably get more people who don't like it, but all you're doing there is cutting away the people who are not going to be with you or not going to serve your higher goal, your, your mm-hmm. higher values and the, the bigger picture of this business. So it's, it's, it's a net positive. Yeah, I think it's so crucial. And we need to touch a little bit on that piece that you'd mentioned at the start of this about being vulnerable and showing up on social media and doing these things that's uncomfortable. I had this question this morning in the workshop going, it's not for me. I don't like doing it. Mm. How can I get over that? And I had an opinion. What would your take be on someone asking you that question? 
I wonder if we'd meet the same. Mm. <laughs> so what I would say to this person, if you don't do this, your clients, your customers, you're doing them a disservice. Mm. So how can I serve my clients? How can I put my message out? How can I do what I'm, I believe I'm put here to do if yeah. I don't overcome my own obstacles and do this thing? Yeah. I always say like one of the hardest things in coaching is to ask the question that you know you need to ask that is extremely difficult for them to hear. Or to answer or to the question that they should hear themselves. Yeah. So like say, let's say, say I'm coaching you, right? Yeah. You'll be talking to me about X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. right? And I will feel like there's something that I need to ask you or something that I need to pick out on yeah. that I know you're avoiding yeah. or I know that you don't want to go, like this rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Yeah. So for me, that one of the hardest things to do as a coach is to put them in that position, make them feel super uncomfortable and you have to do it, Yeah. right? But what I always do, is, or, or it's the silence, right? In coaching, you have to be, you have to create that uncomfortable silence sometimes, <laughs> right? To help them, you've experienced coaching, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's, sometimes it's super difficult to put someone in that position, right? But what I always think is that if I don't do this, I'm doing them a disservice. Goodness. And someone said, who, what, what was this quote? It was, they said, um, your weakness is their way out. Mm, I haven't heard that one before. I quite like that. I literally had a conversation with my friend. He's also a coach and he, yeah. I'm going to give him credit for this one. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he said to me, your, your weakness is their way out. So if you, going back to the example of, yeah. of the people in your group today, if you don't attempt to overcome the fear or the discomfort of putting out content, your clients or let's say your, your bigger business goals, they're going to fleet. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna run away from you. Yeah. And you're not going to serve your higher purpose. That was, uh, so we were very much on the same lines because I had said, you know, I think a lot of people think back to, I need to be the expert, expert, expert. And then they don't, they get too scared and they don't put things out. And I had said, you know, you only need to be one chapter ahead in order to help someone. Yeah. And all you need to do is think about that place of serving, but you're helping one person. Mm. And when you change from the place of fear going, I'm going to help one person, doesn't matter, just one person, then it doesn't seem like I'm putting out content into the whole universe. Yeah. And the only way that you'll get better at it is the more that you do. That's it. Confidence is built through proof, right? Alex Wormosey talks about that a lot. Mm. Like the more you do something, that's, that's how you build confidence. It's mm. not, you don't have the confidence before you do it. You build it on the job. Mm. So yeah, it is going to be scary. Like I'm not trying to say to everyone, it's not going to be scary. You, yeah. you should get to a point where you, you don't care because I still think about that. I still have those anxious feelings. I mean, coming on podcasts, doing talks, I still get those anxious feelings, but yeah. I know that the confidence is built on the job mm. and that's the bottom line. And, and again, if you're not going to go through it yourself, how can you help someone else go, go through it? How have these opportunities presented themselves to you? You've been building your business, podcasts, media, that kind of thing. How have they been presented to you? Have you attracted them? What's been your thoughts? A little bit of everything, I think. Definitely. I mean, when you say have, have you attracted them, I find that super interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, ultimately I've, I've attracted them, mm-hmm. but in many different facets. Networking in Dubai is one of the potentially easiest places to do it yeah. and best places to do it. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to put yourself out there because I've got friends out here 
and they have about five friends, which is great. That's fine. I'm not saying that you should have more friends. Or a number. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you should have six. I don't know. But it's like <laughs> that they don't know many people because they don't do much. They don't get themselves out. They don't put their name out. They're not active on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've been so willing to put myself in uncomfortable environments, mm-hmm. have conversations and just break past the barriers of where I believed my confidence ceiling is was a key shift there was so i've been willing to breach that every time i have conversations i've been willing to breach that every every day i go out the house Mm -hmm. and that's how i've met new people and it's always like you meet someone and then you have a conversation and if you are really present in that conversation you will know someone else that they know you'll have a mutual friend you'll have a mutual connection or something that is mutual and then you bond with that Mm. and i just think that if you focus on putting yourself in environments where there is going to be people that either you want to work with, you want to connect with, they're similar to you. For me, that's fitness. Mm-hmm. It's coffee shops, a lot of digital nomads working in coffee shops and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You put yourself in the environments, you're going to meet so many people. Mm. And that isn't the easiest way to start building a business. And I think people are, are scared to network. I know I don't love networking, but I still do it. Mm. And I try and find networking events or styled events that I enjoy. Recently did a speed networking, and um, I hosted it. And, and it was, uh, the energy in the room was great because there was none of that, oh, should I interrupt? Who are you type thing? It was 25 yeah. people, you can move after, uh, after five minutes, and that was it. So that was a really nice environment. But actually how we've met is you're coming to a networking event. Mm-hmm. I spoke to you on the pre-panel discussion you're the only person that actually hadn't been on the podcast. So I was like, okay, we need to change this. And the topic's all about personal branding. Mm. And then the mutual connection we've got is my old client yeah. is now a friend of yours. And the connections come from that as well. So there is that power and it is who you know and trying to build that connection. I always remember Grant Cardone. I went to one of his conferences and he said, business, um, business is a contact sport and whoever has the most contacts wins. And I thought that was quite interesting analogy from a sport side, mm. but also sure there's quality rather than quantity. I get that. But business is a numbers game. Mm. You know, whether it's the amount of leads you need to get in, the amount of sales you can close, to the amount of people that you know, to the opportunities that present themselves as well. For sure. It's massively a numbers game. And like, I think I like that quote from, from Grant Cardone, but yeah. I think you, like, you have to have substance. Like you, you can easily go to these places go to the, the networking events or put yourself in the environments. Yeah. If you've got, no, for example, if you've got no, nothing to offer, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying no physical thing, no service, I'm just saying in terms of you as a person. The vulnerability. To, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. You have, to be, you have to be a little bit more, you have to go to a little bit more depth. So I know that people listening or watching this will be, when do you know it's too much that you've shared? Because I get that comes up as well. So in your opinion, yeah. is there ever too much that you can, you know, an oversharer? Is anyone ever like an oversharer? Like, a, I know, yeah. What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your kind of thoughts? And where's the boundaries with that? Is there boundaries in your eyes? There is for sure there's boundaries. <laughs> for sure there's boundaries. You know, what's interesting is that I get a lot of people, like we're kind of mutual friends. I get a lot of, especially girls, coming to me and like asking just like for, for a chat. Mm-hmm. And... It's just, I mean, it's obviously because it's what I do, but it's like just how I put myself out there and I'm, I am very vulnerable. So 
I'm not charging these people for conversations. It's just like a, a let's meet up, let's have a chat. What are you struggling with and all that sort of stuff. But I'm getting that because of what I put out and who I am. It's not because of the service I offer because otherwise I'd be charging them. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's interesting. Oscar, I think it was Oscar Wilde who said, no one can beat you at being you. Mm-hmm. So I think in these environments and also when I talk about environments, I'm talking about on, online, right? Yeah. Social media platforms. Be yourself for sure. Be yourself. Like, and to know yourself is a, is a lifelong journey. But get to the core of, of who you are. Yep. But also you have to be emotionally aware of the situation, right? Mm. You have to read the other people's emotions, understand them, fe- feel what they feel and be super present. And if you are those two things, if you're emotionally aware and you are, what was the first thing I said? Lost my mind. You were on a chain of thought. Um, emotionally aware and I'll have to look back. Yeah, anyway, it was... <laughs> If, if, if you have those two things in your locker, you can, you'll know whether to go to, you'll know what level of depth More, to go to, yeah. right? I don't think, I think there's a lot of people who are just super unaware, mm. super unconscious. And emotional intelligence is something that I've been reading a lot about in my line of work because, yeah. I mean, especially in leadership, yeah. emotional intelligence has such a profound effect on how you lead a business mm. and how you live your life. Yeah. If you are unaware in a conversation, you're going to be, again, speaking different languages to that person. Mm. And you're going to go to depth when they weren't ready to go to depth. Mm. You're going to be talking surface level when they need a connection. They need mm. alignment. They need help. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, the, I remember going on a course many years ago about emotional intelligence, actually. I think Emirates offered us to do it. You know, you read a lot. We talked pre-chat about, you know, Tony Robbins and stuff. Just throwing it out there. So I always like to ask, is there a book that's made a big impact on your kind of business journey and as you've developed you know your business one of my favorite i said said this on a recent podcast actually one of my favorite books is the five regrets of the dying oh yes yeah yeah. have you read that yeah well i've read the because it's done by a nurse and a lady yeah palliative care yes palliative care yes yeah yeah i mean i've actually got her quote it's a really in she's got this key piece that she says that i've actually used in presentations yeah amazing yeah, so that, I mean, for me personally, that was profound because similar to, similarly to my mum, like she was on the other end of mm-hmm. a nursing palliative care. So that was really profound for me. Yeah. But also I just think in, in terms of life in general, right? There's so many people that I've worked with and I do work with that are work, success, accomplishments, money, fame, status, whatever, right? And they neglect, they have neglected everything else. And their goal with me is to create more success, but also bring the other stuff, the real fruits of life back into their existence. And mm. that, that's, that's something that I'm super aware of because right now, for me, my highest value is business. I don't have a family of my own. Mm-hmm. At this time of recording this podcast, I'm single. <laughs> Maybe that'll change. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? <laughs> but, um, the podcast. There you go. But I'm very aware of the fact that I like, for example, I go to the gym every day. I look after myself. I go to the spa every day. Mm-hmm. And I see my friends pretty much most days, I'd say. I'd go, I'd go for a coffee with at least one person every other day. Mm. And I have really good relationships with my clients. I'm always out and about. So I'm not neglecting the other aspects of my life. At this moment in time. At this moment in time. Yeah. So I'm very aware and conscious of that. But there's so many people, and I've seen it firsthand, that have done that. So I think that book, anyone, it's just a wake-up call. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, the five regrets of the dying are, they're not anything that we've not heard of before. Yeah, right? but it's just that reminder. It's the reminder, it's the stories. 
they were it was super emotional for me. So it was yeah, that was a big one. And then there's Blink by Daniel. Daniel I haven't uh, read that in a while. On the first book that you mentioned, and I think in their pre-chat you talked about being quite impulsive. So you spent time in Dubai, you'd left, and then you decided to come back again. Is that also kind of based on what you read in the book that there is no time like now, life is not a dress rehearsal, yeah. go and do it. For sure. I think I live my life very impulsively. Yeah. And that could be a quite a red flag for a lot of people, but is that I like to, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm an empath. So those types of people, they feel their emotions a lot stronger than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when I made that decision to come back, it was, it was literally a conversation with my client who was moving here himself from the UK. And he was asking me questions about it. And he kept joking to me week on week for about four weeks. He, he was joking to me like, oh, you should come back to, ba- to Dubai. And uh, I was like, no, 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 I would never move back. I'd never move back. I'm so settled here in London. I loved my life in London. And then he said it like, let's say after the fifth time or something and had a little joke about it. And something in me just was like, I need to go back. I think I do need to go back. Like I was like, I'm, I'm going. And then I'd messaged my dad saying, I think I'm going to move back to Dubai. And he was like, sweet. So a week later, I'd booked my flight and, and I, was, I was going. And that was it. That was it. Do you think people, and you'll maybe know this from your clients, overthink things too much then? For sure. Yeah. I'm an overthinker. I'm an overthinker. Just not when you move. <laughs> but not when it comes to big life-changing decisions. Okay. All right. Is it, is it, that's actually interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Like the biggest decisions that I've made have been very impulsive, but they are the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. Getting my dog. That was super impulsive. It was the same situation, right? I was, I got him after a week of deciding that I was, I had a thought that I wanted a dog. Yeah. And then a week later he was getting brought to my house in London. So those big decisions, life-changing decisions are ones that I've made without any thought mm. and they come with a difficulty, but the smaller decisions, I, I'm maybe not decisions, maybe more so situations. Yeah. I do overthink mm. because I'm, I'm quite sensitive. I am an empath and, I'm, and I want to do good. So naturally I, I do overthink and, and my mind has always run at 100 miles an hour, which is why I think, I think I've, di- I've diagnosed myself with ADD recently. So that's another <laughs> one. And, and I love like, hearing that. But even just like that, you thinking, oh, actually, am I an overthinker? Yeah. No, I'm not, but I'm impulsive. But there's yeah, yeah. the two sides to that as well. So in terms of kind of growing your business, where were you going next? What are some of the plans that you're thinking of? Since I came out here last year, I mean, I've always been an online coach, mm-hmm. but I've always known that it's not what I want to do long term. Mm. I just, like I said to you before, I feel like I have, I am unique and mm. I, I've got a unique message and I've got something more to offer than coaching clients one-to-one or even just group coaching online. Yeah. So since I've come out here, I came out with the plan that I'm going to get in front of people. I'm going to overcome that fear. That was my biggest fear, mm-hmm. public speaking. I'm going to get in front of people. I'm going to talk. I'm going to just have more impact in front of more people doing bigger things on bigger stages in bigger arenas. Mm. And that is, that is the goal. That is the goal. And last year I did it eight times when I had never done it before in my life Yeah. to some big companies and some big events. So that was really cool. Yeah. So this year, for example, like we've got the, the talk, event, with, yeah. yeah, we've got the, the event, that sort of stuff is, is going to be taking up a lot of my focus. But also a massive part of what I want to do is creating more of a network and a community mm-hmm. with all of my clients. Mm-hmm. Because one-to-one coaching is great, but when you have other people bouncing off each other in similar situations, in similar job roles, yeah. similar problems, 
that is the most powerful thing. And obviously I'm the mutual connection between all of them. So that's the other aspect of what I want to do. And uh, there's, a, there's a last thing, which is something I'm not announcing, but it's a, a big partnership with a company who, it's like a tech company, software company. Yeah. And this is going to be the next big, big thing that I want to pursue because, and it's specifically for businesses mm-hmm. and organizations around performance and well-being. Love it. So that's uh, exciting. Very Watch exciting. Watch this space. What would you say is the biggest myth in your industry? Well, where do I start? I think there's a lot of myths, but also more so I'd say, is this a word? Miss preconceptions? Yeah. Miss preconceptions? Preconceptions. Preconceptions, yeah. right? Preconceptions of what people believe to be true that are not true mm. or they don't have to believe. And I think that s- certain things that people believe just are giving themselves a way out. So whether that be with their health, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to, to lose weight. I don't have time to put effort into my marriage or to build that back up or to be more present with my kids. I don't have the mental space to do all of that. I don't have the confidence to stand up in front of people and talk. I will never be able to take my business to X amount. Mm-hmm. Just all of these like limiting beliefs around what they believe to be true for themselves. You couldn't, you couldn't pick one myth out but there are so many beliefs that people buy into to give themselves a way out for the easier route Mm. and to be honest if you were to summarize my job it's to basically clean that slate for everyone like that so i mean i I like to answer questions very almost like in in the most (laughs) obscure way but that's ultimately what i do i love it how can people find out about you i'm most active on linkedin so Harry Pereira on LinkedIn yeah, and Instagram the same. My business is Mindset X and I have a podcast, which I started last year. I'm slowly getting back into it now. So Brilliant. Uh, the Mindset X podcast. So ultimately Mindset X and Harry Pereira. Tell me about LinkedIn because a lot of people get a bit put off about LinkedIn. I love it as a platform. I send clients off uh, LinkedIn. How do you find it and why do you love it? I think it's the best platform. It's less, it's less cringy than, than Instagram. It's less showy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of successful people who are showing off their, their accomplishments, but it's more professional, but it's also better for connections. Mm. And I just think it's more inviting and, and welcoming for people who are starting out because Instagram is very visual. Mm-hmm. So especially if you're someone who is a, trying to be a content creator in whatever industry, you have to put, it's, it's all visual. So if you, if you want to start out, start on LinkedIn for sure, because you can just do written copy with a picture of anything. It doesn't even have to be you. Yeah. It's not so much video and visual. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a really, really good platform to connect yeah. and to meet people who are less there for, for, the, for the show and for the Instagram clout. Selfie. Selfie, <laughs> yeah. I always like to finish each show with, uh, random questions. Okay. So I'm going to shuffle them. They're kind of, you're on the spot. You have no idea what they say. Is it quick fire? Do I have to be really quick thinking? Yeah, it? Well, yeah a little bit. Well, I'm yeah. impulsive. True, true, yeah. <laughs> don't this over- is where I'm not impulsive. Don't, don't overthink it. This okay. is where I do overthink. That's the problem. <laughs> right. What have we got? I'm most competitive when it comes to? Fitness. I think I would, would probably have answered yeah. that one as well. Actually, and golf. Ah, okay. I've forgotten how to? Write with a pen. <laughs> I wish I could still get away with. Oh, that's a hard one, actually. Hard one. I know what mine would be with that. What would yours be? 
or like eat ice cream and cakes sure, and anyway, stuff like that. I do, I do that every day anyway. <laughs> I work away out with so it. much that I can do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you wish you could get away with? What do I wish I could get away with? I wish I could get away with not posting on Instagram for my business, to be honest. But you can't. Really? So, yeah, yeah. But because this was interesting that I, I again had come up in this workshop this morning and I had she said but I have to do it mm. and I said well you don't have to but you need to look at reframing that mm. I get to do this I yes. get the opportunity to inspire or potentially convert a client or help someone that's a few steps behind me then when you look at it like that you're thinking okay it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel as overwhelming or as challenging for so. sure I think that just that little perspective shift mm. it makes it it's like oh okay yeah I can just do it now yeah. It's not like I have to do it. It's not like a chore. It's not like a bill. You've got to pay and that sort of stuff. I'm proud I stood up for myself when? I thought you were, were going to say about a proud moment then. That was really easy. <laughs> I did proud think that. when I stood up, stood for, up for myself. myself. I actually asked this in, in another question and, it, and it, it's actually quite a tough one. No, I've got a good example actually. Yeah. Well, a good story, a yeah. little story. So I was on a discovery call with a client yeah. and he asked me for a significant discount and and he was he was sold onto the program for sure. Yeah. And I held my ground and uh, I I said I'm not giving you a discount. You pay the full price or you don't work with me. And uh, he paid the full price. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because it's so a- easy to just be like, okay, cool. Because you want the sale, right? You want to you want to work with the client, yeah. right? But this is this also. Sorry to go a bit deeper into this, no. but this is also when it comes down to like the vulnerability slash leadership. When I'm working with clients, I have to lead them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'd have said to that 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 prospect at the time, then to be client, he's a great client now. If I'd have said to him, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, we can we can do a discount. What what works for you? Then he is in the power position. Mm. I'm not leading him, so that permeates into that would permeate into your client coach coach client relationship, and he wouldn't get as very different for sure. It's a different dynamic. Yeah, he's yeah. now leading me, and or he's in the power position. He's dictating. So. It's not so much of a, a game, mm. but it is in a lot of ways. And you just have to hold, I think in sales, you have to hold your ground. Like this is what you offer. I'm doing you a disservice if I if I change and adapt it for you. Yeah. Because it's just not how it's just not how you get great results. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to do the panel. And now I've got one thing in common with you all. You've all been on the Kelly Limper podcast. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.